So Brian, you you took the day off yesterday. I don't know if I'd go that direction with with what happened. <laughs> the day took Brian off yesterday. <laughs> yeah. In a roundabout way, that's exactly what happened. So two days ago, I did see you scratching your eyes. Yeah. So I think what happened was I brought in a shop vac, and the injury didn't have anything to do with me grinding or cutting or anything like that. So I it in I think it happened when I was cleaning. Uh, the there's a, a opening on the back of a shop vac that if it's not covered will shoot exhaust out of it. Well, it barely had the screw in it and it popped off and it loses suction at that point. Well, it created a mushroom cloud of dust when it happened and I turned around and walked right into it a couple of days ago when I was cleaning it and it's exactly when I started itching my eyes. So and what did they find? Stuff. Steel. <laughs> So how did they get it out? They got some tweezers out. And uh, so first you you put your head in this machine and they put some dye in there and the steel kind of just shows right up. Well, sometimes the steel rusts your eyeball if it's in there for longer than 30 seconds. And so they had to tweeze out the parts that were big enough to get with tweezers and then take some sort of grinder and grind my, my eyeball. So is, that, is this the first time that's happened to you? Uh, no. No. It's not the first time that's <laughs> happened to me. It is different, though. Instead of going to the ER, I went to an ophthalmologist. And when I went to the ER 25 years ago, they put me full of drugs and then did it. And I went back to work because I was stoned on Vicodin. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, they just grind your eyeball, and they're like, take some ibuprofen and get some sleep, and you'll be fine. <laughs> and... As soon as the numbing stuff wore off, that's when it started hurting. Yeah, so safety is important with power tools. Oh. Uh, and he, he, Brian is pretty diligent on wearing safety glasses. It was a freak incident. But Priority number three. No, I'm when you're kidding. grinding on steel, you know, you create the dust is just little tiny slivers that you don't really think about until they're stuck in your cornea. Yeah, uh, you think about them when they hit you. Like, especially if you got the wheel of the grinder going in the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it ricochets off stuff. And there was times when I was cutting with the appropriate safety equipment on where it hits you in the face. Yeah. And you know it. And it leaves welts. Um, And like I said, this happened to me 25 years ago. And I wasn't interested in having yesterday go down the way it did. So I did wear safety protection. But... I think we need... I think personally goggles would be the proper cuz the safety glasses we have, you know, they're they're safety glasses. They're supposed to protect you from things like that, but it, sure. that dust just goes around them. But safety yeah. glasses are uncomfortable. The, yeah, plus the ones the we bought, they're like they're like 90 cent safety glasses too. They're not like the they're not like yeah. nice I've safety bought glasses. $10 safety glasses and they're not much more comfortable or much safer than the but, 90 cent ones, but, but like we like I probably should have some sort of mask on. Or a face shield. Or a face shield. Yeah. yeah. Something like that, you know. And I did, at times, put the welding helmet on when I knew that, like, the wheel was going to be sending sparks directly at me. Yeah, because sometimes if you have to get into a corner, it's yeah, your only option. Yeah, there's no way to do it other than eat the sparks. And so yeah. I would just put the welding helmet on. But um, that kind of shifts and moves, and you can't always see out of it. So Yeah, that's not necessarily the right tool for the... 
Nope. Good job. And, you know, I was in a hurry to get going. Like, you know, the thought of stopping to go get a face shield or a different sort of mask was not as enticing as it was to get cutting on that thing and get going <laughs> on it because it's really fun and it's really cool. Yeah, but most of the time those sparks, they just bounce off of you so you don't really think about it, <laughs> Right. at least me personally. I mean, when I know when I was videotaping you cutting, I had some sparks bounce off my forehead and I didn't have safety glasses on and I'm like, oh, this is probably a terrible idea. And, you know, we've been around metal cutting tools for collectively 40 plus years for sure and point being like even people that are experienced with these types of tools kind of don't think about safety necessarily as much as they should yeah it should definitely be a focal point if you're cutting on metal or anything in in general yeah cutting on anything in general you get stuff in your eyeballs and it is not fun yeah everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face (laughs) so you guys uh, you, you guys decided to go, you cut both sides out, right? You, you're making yeah. windows on both sides? We are. Uh, the Obviously, we took the middle support beam out of the side that I think we'll probably be serving out of mostly. Yes. So the main center beam is out of that side, and that is going to be a bar the full length of it. And there's an element to this where I think we don't know exactly what we want, so we left the center beam in there, and we'll kind of see as we proceed with the walls and the speed rail. I think you talked about saving part of the frame and making you know some pieces fit inside of the the trailer that we're going to use. I guess we when you cut it out, you cut it out, right? Right. So it's gone. So uh, we, I think Boyd has some ideas. Uh, for the other side. Well, I think just having the ability to pull it in any direction and serve out of either side is a pretty great option to have, I think. For sure. Especially if you're not very good at backing up a trailer, you know, there's, you can get your, you can get into situations where it's really difficult. And if you have the option of just pulling straight through, then that's ideal. Or, you know, you might have an event where you need to pour out of both, serve out of both sides. And then I noticed you you left the center divider in the front of the trailer as well too, right? Yes, that was my that was intentional because I was imagining you know pouring four beers, let's say, on one side, and then wanting to mix cocktails or cut lemons or whatever, kind of creates a wall, creates two separate spaces, versus that having everything happen on the one surface. And we actually. We are doing jockey boxes, but we're doing like custom jockey boxes. I ordered some backsplash, uh, backsplashes with mounted drip trays that we're going to build into the jockey box, so it'll give that tap wall feel, but it'll still be removable. Because I want, I want it to be removable for the sake of different events. Like I said, I mean, I've been hearing a lot about, you know, most, a lot of mobile bars are only serving two beers at a time, so. Again, going back to pigeonholing yourself, the last thing you want to do is be set up for eight beers when you really only need two. Then that well, without the separation, then that's just a dead spot. Yeah, and I feel like so to speak when it is when it's not separate, it it looks intentional when it's separated. Like you intend on having two different, you know, operations going on. I don't know. It just seems to make it seem more intentional. 
And as far as the inside goes, we I got some spalted maple to do the outside, and I thought I got enough to do the inside. I didn't measure it. I was just guessing and uh, did not get enough. But then, you know, we got back and started talking about it, and it seemed like it might be too much to do all three interior walls, uh, minus the door, obviously. So all three interior walls, if they were all spalted maple, might just be a bit too much and kind of take away from what's supposed to be an accent piece. So we opted to do the two bigger walls on the inside. In uh, We're either going to do white uh, tongue and groove pine that we paint white, or I got some barn wood that we're going to see if that works out. So that'll be interesting. And we're doing like a grayish white uh, laminate tongue and groove flooring. So I think it'll come together really nice. Where'd you get the barnwood from uh facebook marketplace i've never a, heard of it yeah i do a lot of shopping on there and it's awful <laughs> i'd say there's a 10 percent return rate on communication <laughs> at best <laughs> like here i want to give you money for the thing that you supposedly want to get rid of where's the cricket button because <laughs> it's a year <laughs> <laughs> yes that's the response you get gotcha I must be running it. Oh, I got to turn it off. <laughs> I'm going to have some beer. Loops. What are we drinking today? This is Legalize Big Doinks from Fair State in Minneapolis, which is one of my favorite breweries. Pretty funny story. Last year, CBC, we uh, got done at CBC, and we were with Jeff Sheehan from Rockford Brewing, and uh, we decided that we wanted to go to Fair State, which is pretty awesome. So we got got a lift, and the lady picks us up. It's getting, oh, I don't know what we did prior to that, but it was getting late. It was like 10 o'clock. Fair State closed at 11, so we wanted to get there quick so we could have a beer. So we park, and we're like, hey, Ruth Ann. That's our lift driver. She was, I would say, mid, I was early to mid-80s. So she's had her AARP card for a few years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Word. She was awesome. She was so fun. And so we were like, you want to come in? We'll buy you a beer. She said, her exact words were, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes in. We we get her beer. We have, we're all having beers. And then Fair State says they're going to stay open until midnight so, because they were so busy. And uh, so we have a couple more beers. And it gets to be midnight. And uh, they're like, all right, everybody has to go. So Ruth Ann grabs her at least half full beer, walks out to her car. She's like, come on, guys. Sets her half full beer in her cup holder and then proceeds to take us to White Castle. <laughs> and of course, we got a rack of sliders. And, uh, this is not her first case. time doing that. No, <laughs> it was so fun. I thought she was going to come in with us to our Airbnb and then I started to get a little worried. <laughs> we got some good pictures and it was an awesome story and we bring it up constantly. But this this beer is it's something. Big Doinks is really good. I've had that quite a few times, but legalized Big Doinks I didn't have until last night at Seven Monks, and it smells, from what people tell me, like marijuana, which I'm not familiar with. But if I've, if this is anything like marijuana, well, I've never fantastic. drank marijuana in any version other than accidentally drinking bong water, so <laughs> 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 I might need to try. <laughs> I'm sure Ruth Ann's been there, <laughs> but it is fantastic. And I recommend it. And I recommend Fair State. And it is four twenty one yeah. our time the date today. So. <laughs> four four twenty one right. Eastern Standard Eastern, Day. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard. <laughs> so yesterday we went to lunch at Grayline Brewing and there was a line 
out the door with the dispensary next door and we had no clue that it was 420 like, why is there a line yeah it didn't it register it took us a while yeah so i i had that a couple of those last night at seven months and then messaged katie at, at siciliano's and asked her if they had it and she said yes so i was there by 8 30 this morning and got eight of them to hand out and sent one to my brother who's a grower so i'm excited to hear what he has to say about it because it's i've had a lot of dank beers you know but this thing this is crazy it yeah, smells that, like it smells like weed yeah it smells like uncle tim <laughs> 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 so anyway back to the trailer where are we so you cut the you cut the other side out yeah and we then... got we got all the fabricating and cutting done i got to deburr a couple of things but i started priming some of the paint spots we're gonna paint over um and some of the hiding spots on the inside of the trailer, we're making sure they don't rust through at some point. So um, we're priming and scraping and just getting it to the point where we can put the, the the final coat of paint on. And you brought a piece of scrap that you cut off yeah. to Sherwin-Williams. Sherwin-Williams. If my phone rings, it's Sherwin-Williams telling me my paint's ready. Mm. Uh, sure, Williams. If if you call Brian and leave a message, he will be sure to get back to you by Tuesday. Like I, <laughs> I might, I might be, I might run Facebook Marketplace the rate <laughs> I return phone calls. If you know, you know. Anyways, uh, yeah. So my phone's turned up. They're supposed to call me at some point, and my ringer's turned up. So, so we basically Brian and I will be in Nashville. Uh, two weeks from today, we head down for basically the week. So, like we mentioned, that cuts a week out of our manufacturing time. So we've we've basically got the next two weeks to get this thing done, and then a week after we come back from Nashville to tidy things up. So yeah, yeah, I think we'll yeah, things will move tight, a lot. That's a tight schedule. Yeah, definitely. But and again, I think we talked about last week that you know we're not getting too complicated, and you know we started with a fairly decent trailer to to begin with, and you know besides cutting the areas out of the trailer that we need removed, you know, there really isn't, you know, you're touching up paint. You're not, yeah, we're not, the whole you thing. know, yeah, we're not doing anything really structurally that's going to affect weight bearing stuff or anything like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, nothing crazy that way. And then the painting is minimal. Um, the, the trailer is in really good shape, uh, when it showed up. So just getting crap out of the way that we need, to put a bar in there has basically been all I've done. So once that's done, uh, I think the hardest part moving forward is probably going to be the lighted ceiling. We're yeah. going to make a drop ceiling that fits in there that's got some cam lights and some back lights. And um, I think that's going to be the just building that panel, so to speak, is going to be one of the most time consuming things moving forward. And I think you're just going DC. LEDs all the way around, basically, is what yeah. I thought I heard. Yeah, to a 12-volt 12, 12 battery. Yeah. Timber switch. We've got, yeah. yeah, and we've got all the materials for everything basically lined up, so it's not going to take long. We've got Nick from Heritage Sporting Goods coming in, Heritage Sporting Products coming in early next week to measure the windows. Window. I don't know if you call them windows or doors, but... He's our wood guy, right? Yeah. He's so going to he, make the... He'll CNC routers some doors 
I guess. What are they called? Are they windows or the door? They're like windows that you can be hinged. Yeah. 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 Be hinged. So it's the way to seal the wind, the service windows. So we'll be able to get them cut right to size and mount them with hinges and yeah, should be pretty. Yeah. That part shouldn't be a big problem. If they come in CNC routed already and, and, and sized basically, if we just got to get hinges mounted and mount them to the panels, I think the hardest part's going to be the ceiling and yeah, whatever electrical stuff we got to do to it still, just because it's a horse trailer and those wires look like they're a bowl of noodles. Yeah, but some. those wires won't be involved for the That's LED true. lights. That's true. And those are just uh, brake lights and blinkers and stuff like that. Yeah, because we'll just run a separate battery to the front, right? And then you'll just do run it to some switches and... Yeah, shouldn't be that complicated. With no, the, no, the I didn't. Yeah, anyway. I didn't even think about the fact yeah. that we'd just use another battery. Yeah, I mean, we're that not just cross my. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna put a whole other. We're not gonna put a panel on or anything in there. Gotcha. No, yeah, that's easy then. Yeah, we yeah. want to have, we want to have uh, like three or four different circuits that we can put the lighting on, so we can have mood lighting, for lack of a better term. You know, you want to be able to turn all the lights on full blast when your event's done, so you can clean up. But during the event, you know, you want some ambient lighting and you know, intentional directional lighting on the the jockey boxes or whatever. We're just we want to have a lot of options for that. It's just you know, to to make it a full experience, not just a thing that you pour beer out of. Yeah, and then because we're not putting any uh like appliance in there, we don't need to run standard one twenty or anything like that in there yet. Right. right? Correct. No. That would change the timeline, I think, Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Looking at potentially getting a secondary cart as well, just for aesthetics to put outside of the trailer, but we'll see. Yeah, I've seen that too on some of the pictures on Facebook where they've got a cart that kind of matches the trailer. That always looks nice. Yeah, and if you have something that you can take out of the trailer, you know, like if you're doing a, a signature cocktail that you can put together on that table so you're not in the way or if you're just serving one beer or whatever that probably coffee at the end coffee at the end of the night or something like that yeah set your jockey box on the table and pour beer there and do your mixed drinks in the in the trailer or vice versa or i am an advocate for a jockey box on a table yes you are (laughs) (laughs) so where are you guys going from here painting yeah and then i think we're going to start applying the spalted maple yeah i think that's going to require some underlayment so probably the hardware store and then we'll start doing the the spalted maple i think on the outside is probably a good start and first bar first live edge bar top yeah and we we talked about riveting like how we're going to attach the spalted maple we've talked about gluing um gluing is for people who don't care about the person that's using the thing after them as a right. as a homeowner of a few homes now i know <laughs> i know that and as a guy that put a floor in and then set a vanity on top of it i know that the the person that got our house after that is not happy when they had to change <laughs> that bathroom and i i still feel terrible it's been years um but you know since we're putting we plan on putting some lighting on the built into the boards and we, I was thinking about it a lot, and we want to be able to access that in case, you know, 
when you buy when you spend fifty dollars for an eighteen pack of LED lights, there's a good chance that you're going to have to fix them at some point. Right. So the last thing we want to do is have the walls permanently mounted to where we can't get to it. So without access panels or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, there's no and there's no room for access panel. You basically need to be, be able to remove that wall. Yes, exactly. So we're going to be a little deliberate deliberate on that. And uh, yeah, we're not going to glue, not going to rivet. We'll just get some, you know zinc-coated bolts that look good that can bolt through both walls and can be easily removable. Mm-hmm. So that's how you're doing the outside? You're going to bolt it to the trailer from the outside? Correct. So we'll have like pan head, like, I don't know what do you call those? You know. Antique colored? No, I'm just there won't be like a Phillips or flathead or anything on the outside. It'll just be you know. Like a carriage bolt? Yes, like thank the, you. Yeah, carriage the bolt. Hmm. Yeah, so there will be a nut on the inside, but we'll figure out something that looks good. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, the carriage bolts have that little square underneath the rounded head. Yeah. kind of molds itself into the wood. So what are you guys doing to the floor? That's just going to be, we're going to put underlayment and then laminate flooring, like tongue and groove, pergo style. Pretty straightforward in it, 50 square feet, if that. What color did you say it was again? Like white and gray. Yeah. Kind of a whitewash finish. Because we'll have the white walls and the white ceiling, and then the front wall will be spalted maple. So it should be nice and light on the inside, which will be good contrast to the the exterior color that's blue. I could be completely wrong, you know? I feel like the color scheme looks... I mean, I'm I'm no expert when it comes to that kind of stuff, but... There's right. even some like tannish accent lines on the outside. Yeah, I think that, that look awesome with the spalted maple. I for think. sure. I think just a clear lacquer on the spalted maple is going to look really good. Yeah. Little silicone seal on the edges. Are we? I know I asked you already. Are we leaving those stickers on there, like the farm stickers? That yeah, the, I think so. Okay. I think it's one of the you know. We've all had a car from the '90s that had pinstripes on it. You're like, oh, these pinstripes look terrible, and then so you pull them off, and then you just have pinstripes Faded. that are a little bit yeah. darker yeah, color, yeah. like your permanent sun pinstripes, dark red pinstripes on your d- <laughs> light red <laughs> Mustang. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I think they look fine. You know, they say like Bronco Buster or something like that. One says Bison. Bison. One says Trailblazer. The one on the top, and then the, I think it's Querencia Farms, is the must have been who owned it. Must be. Are we gonna do, do a solar panel on there? We I'm looking can. at you because that's your area of expertise. Yeah, we can. I think that'd be cool. We can use one of those panels and the, the ones we'll upstairs. We have to get another controller, but yeah, you know they're like 100 watt panels that. At least keep the battery topped off. I mean, that's not like you're. The LED lights won't take a ton of juice, so you can you can run those for hours, especially if you get the proper battery. So, yeah. Are we gonna have to build somewhere to store the battery? I uh, probably I'd leave room in the front, that little front cubby area where you were planning on putting keg. Were you putting kegs up there too? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll build something that keeps the battery up and out of the way. Yeah, yeah. at least build something around it so it's not shifting around when the right. it's being pulled. Yeah, that should be easy enough. Could probably 
3D print something that just screws right down. Yeah, yeah or just buy them. I mean, there's battery There brackets. you go. <laughs> can we make it? Yes, we can. Should we? No. No. Let's spend nine bucks at Napa and get one. Get it cheaper at Harbor Freight. All right. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> did we na- did we name so, it yet? Do we have uh, we talked about Champ. I don't remember wha- how we came up with that. Those horseshoes. Oh yeah, I got this. I got a set of horseshoes off uh, Marketplace. That kind of they were like really old and at some point were p- painted blue, so they kind of matched the color of the outside of the trailer. I don't know if we'll use them, but okay, they were ten bucks. Worst case, to bring them up to the cottage and we have a set of horseshoes up there. Yeah, but yeah, we we talked about naming it. I kind of feel like it should have a name. Yeah, I think it should. I have no. Yeah. I'm not good at naming stuff, so. I don't know what to name it. I think it'll name itself. Yeah, I think so too. Big doinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you guys want to if talk Fair about? If Fairstate wants to rent that trailer out and use it at some point, and they're willing to come, go ahead and say that now, then we could name it that. Fair, I mean, name it Big Doinks or Big Fair Doinks. State? Isn't that who's? Isn't that the brewery? Yeah, Fairstate. Yeah. So they want to rent it. They want to be the first person to rent our. Yeah, we haven't really decided if we're going <laughs> to run it out or not. So you're, am I getting the cart out in front of the horse? Yeah. Gotcha. We don't even have horses. <laughs> just have a horse trailer. Right. That's which is actually a bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm fucking confused. Uh, yeah, I think the next, I think we'll have a lot done by next Friday or whenever we do the next. No, we we better have a lot done <laughs> yeah. by next Friday. Yeah, I'm confident. Start rattling stuff off next week, and it'll start looking like a bar. All right. Anything else, Brian? Wear your safety glasses, kids. (laughs) Osha, if you're listening, he was wearing his safety glasses. Wear your safety helmets, kids. (laughs) All right. We'll update you guys next week. See you next Friday. Awesome. See ya.